0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Welcome to the interview. I'm Andrew Damelin, your humble Raptors 905 reporter. And the Raptors 905 are back. Back in Mississauga for the first time in nearly two years, ready to play a home game in Canada For the first time since the pandemic cut everything short back in March of 2020. And on Tuesday, I had the thrill of going into the practice facility, being in Mississauga Paramount Fine Food Center for the first time since that fateful night in March when I was at the 905 game and the Raptors were in Utah and they were about to find out that Rudy Gobert had tested positive, which shut the entire world down. So... I finally got to meet everybody. And the, and one of the people that I met for the very first time who I had, had several conversations with was the 905 head coach, Patrick Matumbo. He was his... He had his first head coaching stint with the, uh, of, of any professional team with the 905 in that February G League bubble. His team went 12-3 and 3 and reached the semifinals. And we had a great podcast to sort of get to know each other a couple months later about his whole backstory and how he got over to the Raptors. He was an assistant for a few years, first with the Nuggets, then with the Raptors, and then a, a head coach of the 905. But I had never met him. So it was really cool to go over there and, and meet with him. And they say the first day of training camp— for players is like the first day of school. You're really trying to, to make an impression. And that's pretty similar with me uh, because I had never met Coach Matambo. And if and if you listen to this interview, just by the the sound of his voice and the pacing that and the purpose with which he talks, you can tell that there's a presence about him and you want to make sure you're making the right impression whenever you talk to him. You want to make sure the preparation is good and that the quality of the question is delivered appropriately. So I had such a Good time preparing for the interview, and, and Patrick had some amazing comments. And then after my conversation with Coach Matumbo, I spoke with the general manager, uh, Chad Sanders. So if, you, if you'll note, I don't do the formal radio thing of introducing Chad uh, in my recording. So just know that when the subject voice has changed, that's Chad Sanders, the general manager. So it was incredible to, to talk to both of them. So let's get to our conversation with Coach Matumbo. And my first question for him was... We know that it feels like the first day of school for the players, but does it feel
1: like the first day of school for you? Excited to get started. That's one. But then also uh, you get to set the tone and let them know what this year is going to be like. Uh, Expectations, a lot of correction, uh, showing guys how much we have to grow to get to where we want to be. Uh, but it's, it's very exciting, you know, there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of life uh, in a gym, especially on the first day.
0: So this is your third team coach as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Are there any assumptions that have been challenged in your first two stints as a head coach where you're like, hmm, I didn't think about that and the approach is going to change just a little bit one way or another?
1: ah oh, that's a that's a great question uh i think i things are constantly changing right and, I, and i'm evolving also uh just taking like knowing to you know how to pick and choose my spots for example uh you know i'm very meticulous and i'm very detail oriented but i've learned that you know as as practice as we uh, uh, practice unfolds and fatigue fatigue sets It becomes more about helping them get through it and not stopping everything all the time like I would have done maybe last year, uh, knowing that we're trying to get them them ready for November 11th, you know, and that they're not going to be perfect today. Uh, That kind of stuff where it's just, okay, I, I know how far we have to go. I know how far we need to go. But then finding that balance between pushing, pushing, them you know get them to their limit and when they think they can't go any longer make them go one extra step and then call it you know that kind of stuff i think i'm learning and i've learned and I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable
0: is there a difference when there's a 15 game season and a 50 game season the approach and like the the leash maybe gets a little looser in some senses or well, the
1: hammer gets a little bit lighter in some senses Yeah, i don't know i don't know if i'm there yet i don't know if i'm there yet i think urgency is really you know, at the core of me, you know, with whatever I do. And then besides, I look at it like the, our season is divided in two, really, but right? there's a the first part and then there's a the second part the 36 game, you know, for the season. So really to me, we almost have like, you know, that first part is that's our first season. That's the one I'm focusing on, you know, where we, we got to get ourselves ready for when we start and trying to win that and, or at least be competitive enough to be relevant. In that competition. And because of that, that dictates my internal urgency that I don't do a good job hiding, <laughs> you know, and I just let the players know that's what, that's the deal. And besides, like, you know, this Andrew, I've always told you, I don't know if we can afford at our level here to be casual about stuff. I just I just don't think we can. You know, we, we, we have to work. These guys are trying to get places. They're trying to do things. And are we helping them by being casual? I don't think so. You know, that sense of urgency is to get them to where they said they wanted to go.
0: You mentioned that aspect of correction. Did you watch the Raptors game last night? Yes, I did. So first quarter DeRozan's coming down the floor and Scotty Barnes picks him up and DeRozan gives him that up fake. Yes. How many times do you think the coaching staff told Scotty like, okay, don't, don't that up fake. And then, you see it happen. Did that give you flashbacks at all to maybe certain people you'd coached and
1: seeing the uptake happen? Oh you know, I told I saw I saw I wasn't a shoot around that morning. Then I saw David and uh, Justin in the afternoon. And for having coached in the league for a while, I told him, hey, what's the what's the, the scouting report on uh, on the model Rosen? You go, well, you got to send him to his left. I say, good. What else? Quiet. What else? And I'll start moving my head. Say, oh, yeah, you got to stay down on these pump fakes. <laughs> there you go. That's my answer right there. You tell them a million times until they get there. Because even people who've been in the league for a while who know the pump fake is coming, still go for the pump fake. So you know it's coming and you just got to hope that they learn and, and go, grow from there.
0: The mantra is still just win, yes. I, I imagine. Is there in your two practices you've had, is there a player or two you've seen that's, kind of an early frontrunner for the embodiment of that philosophy.
1: It's too soon, it's too soon. I think they understand it. I mean, they understand it, but it's one thing to understand it and to demonstrate it, you know? And we're not there yet. It's, it's something that, that I think a lot of them we're gonna have to find in them. It'll take a lot of conversations, a lot of correction, a lot of running, lot of for us to gel and understand that the the bottom line is just win because it helps all of us.
0: There's that element of them having to listen. Yes. And I was talking to Ish Wainwright's coach um, at Baylor, Mm Jerome Tang, the associate head coach, and he had this curiosity about him. It wasn't that he was just receptive to coaching. It was that he asked a lot of questions and was curious and willing to listen. Is that a quality you look for in young players, especially that it's like, I got something here where they're curious to ask questions as well?
1: I don't know that I look for it. I know that I do respect it and I recognize it. And then some people are just not inquisitive, you know, and maybe it's it's, it's on me to awaken that in them. Uh, Some are maybe a little bit intimidated. Some are reserved. Uh, Some maybe learn differently. So I've stopped looking for it and just recognize it when I see it and trying to leverage it the best way I can without excluding or, or, or outcasting those who don't have the same curiosity because people are just built, are built differently. I'm extremely curious and I ask a lot of questions, but some people are just different and some people get irritated by people like me. You know, so I just, you know, I learned to take, take them as they come and then try to leverage and try to help them the best way we can. So you've had a pretty small sample size,
0: obviously, with the players, but you've had a bit of a... There's
1: excitement in the gym. <laughs> That's what you like to see? That's what there's you like life, to see? life in the gym.
0: So you get the small sample size with the players, a bit of a larger sample size with your assistant coaching staff. There's the idea of finding your voice, of an assistant coach finding their voice. Do you take on that responsibility of helping a co- assistant coach find their
1: voice? How have you found taking on that responsibility? Absolutely, absolutely. It's part of my job too. You know, uh, part of my job is not only grow myself, grow okay, as a leader and refine my leadership skills, but also grow our team, but at the same time, grow our coaches, you know, empower them to grow and develop. And part of it is helping them find their voice. Uh, we've used different tactics with other coaches to help them, you know, maybe project a little bit better or present with more clarity or with more authority, uh, or even just organize their drills better or do the prep work with a little bit more detail or, you know, encourage some things that they already do well and then add and challenge them in a different area to grow some more. Yeah, that's to me, that's the fun part because ultimately. We are helping people be a little bit better than when they first got to us.
0: And last one for you, yeah. um, I'm sure you've had tons of stories. All coaches talk about it's so hard to let a player go to cut them, and they, they remember the heartbreak. But I could ask you about that, but what I'm also interested in is, do you remember a reaction you had in your 10-plus years as a coach telling someone near the 15th man or the 12th man here that they made the team? Is there a a player that you ever telling, hey, he made it, and the reaction that they had?
1: Man, unfortunately, man, I've I've never had to do that. Like, I haven't been put in position where I was the one telling a player he made it. I've been in positions to come and congratulate a player because Mm -hmm. I've realized he made it, or call a player uh, to go talk to the coach who's going to tell him he's not going to make the team, or or call a player who's gotten cut, but that one I've yet to experience. So how
0: much are you looking forward to that, to, to, to telling a guy like, do you
1: picture it? I am, I am, you know, I am. When we come to that, yes, I think, cause it's just, you know, we don't realize it, you know, but this, this, this level means a lot to so many people and life is about perspective, right? So we are where we are. And for some people making this team would be the dream, right? And just telling somebody, hey, you've made it, man. What a wonderful feeling. I hope I get to experience it. Awesome. I appreciate it and uh, appreciate the time. And yeah. I'll be seeing you in, in the days and weeks ahead. Of course. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. It's always good seeing you.
0: Coaches and scouts always say that you've got to be. in person to really evaluate a player effectively. And that all sounds true, but it's been anecdotal up until this point. You've now had the experience of actually, I think watching a lot more stuff on TV than you've maybe wanted to rather than traveled. So in that time, have you seen a bigger edge you think from uh, seeing someone in person versus TV or maybe the edge isn't quite as big as you initially thought?
2: You know i was very fortunate um that that during covid um you know i I stationed myself in nashville so that i could drive drive around and still hit as many you know games in the area so i was still able to be in the gym once games were started back up and um so it it definitely it felt good to be back in the gym and watching games again i think uh i like to, to see players in person because you can see so much more than what the tv shows um, one, there's less distraction than when you're at home watching it on TV. Uh, you know, there's always a, a phone call or something else that can happen that can lure you away from the TV. Uh, but, two, you can't see the the, the interactions with the, the players and their coaches, the interaction with the players and their teammates, uh, the pregame warm-ups, the timeout dispositions and things like that. So, uh, to me, I, I still think we place a lot of value on seeing players in person and trying to get a full I guess realm of who they are as a person. Um, So you know, how are they preparing themselves for the game? How are they preparing themselves for practices? Um, You know, are they serious about you know their 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 day-to-day their work ethic and the things they put themselves through? So, um, still put a a a major value on seeing guys in person.
0: Now, I imagine some scouts saw more games than others perhaps the travel wasn't as wide as perhaps have you heard maybe from your peers about um, lost value or not as much lost value in terms of seeing versus uh, on tv versus in person
2: yeah i wouldn't say you know we haven't really discussed like the lost value aspect i think we know everyone kind of handled the the time different on on i guess their attack to to scouting you know some that that weren't on the road and some that wouldn't would drive and, and hit games in a region and some that. Kept flying like nothing ever happened. So I think everyone handled things differently. Um, you know, I think we did the best. We, we attacked it the best way that we 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 thought that made the most sense. And and then, you know that was to have a couple people stationed in different areas and, and hit games in those regions. And so so try to get as many eyes on on players as possible. And uh, so yeah.
0: So we're in the second day of camp, and the training camp roster has been released. And I found it so interesting that Juwan Evans is back with the team and yep. so often the sort of nomadic philosophy of the minor league player is if, if I'm with a franchise for a season and it's not quite going up but lateral that I'm going to switch teams what is it about this place perhaps that drew him back to the 905 when it rarely is the case that someone sticks with the franchise this long yeah
2: you know uh, ultimately his season was cut a little bit short last time with the hamstring injury and then COVID um, so I don't think we got the full experience to go through a full year. And I think we were kind of trending upwards towards the end of the year as that team got hot in February uh, leading into to when COVID hit and, and ultimately stopped us. Uh, so last year, you know, he, he did not join us in the bubble and he took a chance going overseas and I think went to Greece for a little bit. And then ultimately, you know, the, the decision came that he wanted to return to the G League. So had a talk with, with, with both Juwan and, and his agent discuss the, the opportunity that's here um, and, and what what that situation looks like. And, and he was on board with it. So, you know, we, we loved Juwan, we loved having him. Um, it hurt us to lose him towards the end of the year uh, with the hamstring, you know, he's a, he's a pit bull on defense. He's, he's a scrappy, feisty little player. Uh, and he can truly lead a team um, as well and he's not a selfish player either so he he gets others around him you know shots and makes them better so we're excited to have him back and uh you know hopefully have a a full full season with him you know pending if a call up happens we'll be glad to let him go but you know we're we're glad to have him back with us
0: yeah and he's got that nba experience from a while back now so i'm sure he's he's hoping to get back so you got a um, 17 person training camp roster it has to cut down to 12 is that right
2: Correct, so that's 17 with the two two-ways. Uh, so it's 15 G League contracts and then the two two-ways and we'll ultimately have to cut it down to, to the 10 G League uh, players. So I'm sure
0: in your experience and coaches' experience, they talk about the heartbreak of having to let a guy go and that always gets the, gets the guys. But I, I wanna ask about the other side of the coin. In your experience as a GM now, is there a memory you have of telling a kid you've made it and a memorable reaction from them? In the, in the celebration?
2: Oh. That's a tough one. I, I can't say there's a, mem- a memorable reaction because um, I guess you really don't ultimately like sit down with those guys and tell them you, you made it. That, you know, it's, it's more about they're, they're hoping they don't get that, that call that, hey, we got um, to talk to discuss the, you know, the, the, the alternate situation of being cut. So, you know, I, I can't say I have one of, of that situation happening. I, I don't.
0: Is there one where you've reported that they've been called up or that they're signing an NBA deal?
2: Henry Ellison last year was probably the best one when we signed him through a 10-day. Brought him to tears, you know, after after the bubble. Uh, as, as well as just, you know, the, the conversation with all of our guys. You know, I love keeping in touch with Alizé and Gary Payton last year when they were called up. keeping track of those guys and being part of that. And hopefully to say that we're a small piece of that puzzle. There are success stories and both of them on, on NBA rosters now. So... That's guy, you know, we, we stay in touch with all of them. Paul Watson last year, uh, or was it two seasons ago when he got his 10 day? And then ultimately when he got his two way with us, you know, being a part of that when he, he flew back to join us in D.C. and signed his, signed his contract with the Raptors for the remainder of the season uh, for the two way contract was, was pretty cool to be part of that.
0: When you see Alize grabbing offensive rebounds last night and putting things back, you just shake your head.
2: <laughs> yeah, I sat with Bobby last night in the game, and it, all we can do is be happy for him. You know, we don't. You know, of course, we, we want to get the win, but uh, you know, to be six foot seven and out there playing the the a backup five role uh, on a on a team that's you know had early success in in the NBA, you know, we're we're happy for Alize, and you know, he brought his intensity. Um, he, he does what he does. You know, he, he's out there hustling for loose balls and rebounds and putbacks. And he knows his role. And I think hopefully that's why you see guys like him succeed, because they're, they're understanding of their role, and they go out there and they do it, give it their all.
0: And uh, Henry had an amazing bubble last year. He yep. gets the 10-day with the Raptors. And he, you know, he spoke, I spoke with him a bunch, actually, too. And you, you grow a connection to them, whether yep. you're a part of the team or, like yep. me, part of the media. And you, every attempt he had, that first game, he had a wide-open three, he clanked it. at a wide-open gotcha. three, he clanked it. And you're like, OK. And then nick nurse praised him afterwards yeah. he said he got to his right spots finished well around the hoop missed those wide open shots but you know how small was his margin in retrospect do you think what he got for that when he got that 10-day contract
2: Yeah, it's you know we've seen what he can do in the g league he was great for us for a season and a half and he came in to make shots at a high clip. Uh, and he did it so well and he made contested shots and he made, you know, difficult shots. He made game winners. He did everything, you know, you could possibly imagine. And ultimately, you know, you get a 10 day contract and sometimes it's, you, you might only get really one or two opportunities on the court. Sometimes you might not get any at all on a 10 day contract. do you get a chance to get on the court, but uh, due to our COVID situation, he was able to get a, a, a couple, couple runs and ultimately the shots didn't fall. Um, who's to say, if that would have led to a, another 10 day, you know, we don't know. Um, you know, I guess Don or, uh, End up being Freddie after that, you know, giving somebody else a different look. So, could it have changed things? Maybe it could have. Um, you know, I, I think he prepared himself for it. Um, you know, I wouldn't say he didn't prepare himself. So, he prepared himself for it. He was ready for the situation. He did everything he could to, to earn the, the 10-day call-up. And, you know, we, we would have loved to see a couple more shots fall, but it just didn't ultimately work out for him like that. It's
0: so interesting because, to me, it's like if he had made two of the three three-pointers, <laughs> it's like would that have been – like, it shouldn't have been the edge. You think yeah. in your mind, But there's so many variables. Right, and there's,
2: there's, there's so many variables. You don't. You know, I, I wouldn't say that that's what determined it by any means. Uh, but, it, you know, that's kind of what 10 days are for, to, to test different guys out, get a look at them in your system. And you know, we saw them in our G League system. It worked. We want to see them in our NBA system. Uh, and, and, you know, that's why we, we took looks at Dante Hall, we took looks at Freddie Gillespie and, and, and Henry as well. So you get guys in there, see what it looks like with your, with your big club. And um, if things click, then, you know, you – Sometimes that's how you get into season deals and the end of the summer and, you know, part of our program
0: and another guy who made a splash in the G League bubble and seemed to be really ascending, heading towards the end of the year was Malachi Flynn flies off on the private jet six games yeah. into to And he really had a great end of the yep. season and now he's in a spot where I imagine in his head and you can correct me if you, yep. th- if you think differently, where he's like, what's kind of his head maybe spinning a little bit, hasn't gotten any rotation minutes while the momentum seemed to be in his favor. What's the best advice you think you could give a guy like that other than just to stay ready?
2: That is the best advice is, is don't hang your head, stay ready. You know, your, your time's going to come, you know. So so when that time does come, you have to go out there and show that you've been preparing for it. Uh, the last thing you want to do is get that opportunity and you've been, you know, hanging your head or not putting in the, the necessary work. And then when, when that opportunity comes, you don't go out there and perform. So he knows it. He's, he's a winner. He's, he's been through this. Um, you know, he's, he's had nothing but success everywhere he's been. And, you know, we just got to be there to support him. And, and and if it's through the 905, then, you know, we're here for him if he needs to get reps. And if it's not, then, you know, he's got to continue to put up put up the reps with the, with the Raptors and uh, just be prepared for when that time comes.
0: And last one for you, this is your – are you entering your sixth season as, with the 905?
2: So it has been since 2017. 2017. So this is this get you to your fifth, fifth season. season. Okay, so fourth of GM, yeah, fifth season overall, yeah.
0: So outside of the obvious crazy. desire, it's crazy, right? Outside of the obvious desire, everyone wants to go to the G League to the NBA. Leaving that aside for a second, what makes this job so enjoyable and making you want to come back year after
2: year? Oh, I love it. I mean, and I talk to. I mean, I still get to to do the the scouting and the and the day to day know, kind of front office personnel evaluations on the, on the rapper side. But to be here with the 905 is, is a bunch of it's reps that you can't replicate unless you're in Bobby, Dan, and Messiah's shoes, you know, on, on the NBA side. So uh, for me to be here and to, to deal with players, to deal with coaches, to deal with agents on a daily basis, to transactions, roster moves, cuts, um, you know, signing players, whatever it may be, those type of reps, you know, I just can't replicate anywhere else. So, so for me, I love this. You know, I love the G League. I, I love the guys that uh, I work with on a day-to-day basis. You know, the staff, the players, being part of it, and you know, hopefully they consider like the word, Hopefully they feel the love and the passion that we have uh, for the 905 at the same time, and that's kind of what we're here for. So, I, I, was, I communicate daily uh, with the Raptors side, and you know, they know my passion is is here, and that these reps are valuable for me. So
0: amazing we, we, we i really appreciate the time chad and good luck on the upcoming
2: 12 games 14 game season i guess and yep. then and then the 36 game for following the, that the two-part season we're looking forward to it it's it's definitely uh i don't know if it's changed the way coaches plan to attack the season but you know you got you got a, a monetary gift i guess the, your prize that you can fight for in the first half and then you got the championship and the playoffs in the second half so it's going to be interesting to see how, how the, the different teams choose to attack it this year i'd appreciate it Thank you